uh, Noah Searles. He's a member of our uh, teen ministry team, and we're believing very soon that we're going to kind of kickstart our student ministries again. Can somebody give the Lord a shout? We're believing students of all ages, and we're just believing we're going to get to men. RPCOG likes students. We love students. We love students. And to be honest with you, it used to be that old adage, say you're not the church of the future, you're the church of the now. And right now is a season and time where that is manifesting because kids at a very young age are facing challenges. But we believe we're putting the word of God into their hands, and they're going to deliver the word of God, which is sharp than any double-edged sword. But Noah serves on our teen ministry team as well as part of our praise team and in other areas. He's also a minister of the gospel, a pulpit preacher, and he's coming to preach for us this evening. Will you give him a round of applause as he comes tonight? Thank you, Pastor Micah. Man, have you enjoyed these, uh, these Wednesday services that we've been having? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God has been so good to us. Um, he, is, he is God of Sundays. He's the God of Wednesdays too, amen, and Monday and all the other days too. But praise the Lord. Um, I have just, uh, I don't know about you all, but um, kind of the, the sense of, uh, of God's uh, Holy Spirit here lately, it's just, um, it kind of just, we've been talking about revival, you know, starting up and, and stirring in the church and things. I almost feel like uh uh, like a wave or something getting ready to start. Like it started, it started to roll. That it started to to swell up, and it's about to just go into shore like a tidal wave, where the love and the mercy of God just going to overflow everywhere. That's what I'm praying for. I don't know. I don't know what church or what God you serve. Let me tell you, that's the God that I serve, and that's what's coming. Praise the Lord! In the last days, He's going to pour out His Spirit. Praise the Lord. This is what uh, the Lord has really uh, given me a message this this evening, uh, kind of something that He has um, been showing me these last couple months. I know that uh, you know several ministers and things that are in the house can can support me on this. That a lot of times the things that God has you uh, teach and preach are things that maybe He's taught you already. Um, so I think these are this is something that God has been walking me through, and I'm wanting to share it with you this evening. Um, and there, you know, look at that. They've already got my, my title slide up there. But I'm wanting to, to give the sermon tonight a title called The Interview. And it's something how God gives you confirmation because Pastor Micah gets up here and he talks about being dressed up for the job that you're wanting. And uh, I thought he was going to go ahead and start stepping into my notes for a second. Praise the Lord. The Lord just, you know, he, he, he's in the transitions. He's in the Word. He's everywhere. He's the orchestrate. You know, he is the, he's the one who just puts all this together. It's under his plan. So praise the Lord for that confirmation. But just as the slide says up there, if you want to go ahead and turn uh, to John chapter 4, we're going to turn there. And I'm going to be very, uh, very transparent with you tonight. Um, me and, and, and uh, uh, Sister Lee has been talking about these Wednesday nights, how it's more of a, we don't want to say relaxed, but I want to say the word, it's almost like it's more a more intimate night um, with, with, with God, uh, with others, with our fellowship. 
So tonight I'm going to be some, I'm going to be transparent with you on some things and uh, kind of just be heart to heart for a little bit, okay? But we're going to turn to John chapter four and we're going to read quite a few verses tonight. I tried to uh, go to God and say, God, what verses specifically do you want? But I think God wants me to 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 put out quite a few verses here. So you're going to have to just hold on tight. All right, just hold on tight. Um, but before we go to the word, uh, let's, let's ask for his blessing and his anointing on this place. God, we call out to you, Lord. We love you, Father. We adore you, Lord, and you are so good to us. God, you are holy. God, you are worthy of our praises. Father, and by no means am I worthy to stand up here and preach the gospel, but it's through your blood, Jesus, that I'm able to stand in front of this congregation and preach the gospel. Lord, I just pray for every heart in this room, Father. Lord, as we dive into your, your message, God, that your word would pierce our hearts. Cutting, Lord, between the bone and the marrow, between the soul and the spirit, God. Lord, that we would walk out of this place with changed lives, Father. Lord, we ask this in your holy and precious name, Jesus, and amen and amen. We're going to look at John chapter 4, and I'm going to start reading in verse 6. This is the story that m most of you all will be familiar with, but if you're not, we're going to read about the story of the Samaritan woman at the well meeting Jesus. The Gospel of John chapter 4, starting in verse 6. The Word says this, now Jacob's well was there, Jesus uh, therefore being wearied from his journey sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, Asked a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, uh, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and, and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one whom you're you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. And the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. 
Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Your worship, uh, you, you worship what you do not know. We know that we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I'm going to stop there. So Jesus was passing from Judea to Galilee. And the scripture says that, you know, that he needed to go through Samaria. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. We'll talk about the Samaritans and, and Samaria and, and who they were. But on this stop in Samaria... He stops at the well of Jacob, and he's there about the sixth hour of the day, so about noonday. And as he's there at the well, he, he first sends out his disciples. His disciples go into the city. They're going to go buy food. They're going to buy meat in the city. And Jesus is at the well of Jacob, and this Samaritan woman uh, comes to the well at noonday uh, to get some water. And they begin their conversation with Jesus asking, saying, Give me a drink. And the Samaritan woman says, uh, he, she's kind of startled, and she says, Listen, uh, what business do you have with me? You're, I'm a Samaritan woman, and, and the Jews and the Samaritans, uh, we don't really have, we don't mingle together, uh, sir. I don't know, I don't know, you know who, if you, who you think I am. But Jesus says, listen, if you knew who talked to you right now, you would be asking me for the living water. I would give you a drink of the living water. And I, I could just, I could see that in that woman's mind for a minute. And just when, when that came up, you know, uh, living water. And she's like, sir, you don't even got any, you don't even have anything to draw up water with. What are you talking about? What is this, this living water? But Jesus goes on to talk to say that, you know, anyone who drinks from this well, they're going to thirst again. But those who drink from this living water, they will thirst no more. And not only that, I'm going to spring up a fountain in them, and it's going to come into everlasting life. This conversation, I'm going to fast forward just a few more scriptures, but the conversation goes on to basically spilling out, um, you know, what this woman has gone through. Jesus says to her, you know, go and get your husband. Turns out she's had five husbands. She's, the one that she's with now isn't her husband. And, and at the end of all this, uh, she says, listen, I know there's a Messiah coming. And Jesus says, I'm the one that you speak of. Here's what I want to do tonight. There is, listen, that, that is a huge scripture. That is a story. You could have a mini-series on that. There is a lot to dig up in there, all right? But here's what God has been revealing to me over this story these last few weeks and why I'm going to call this the interview, okay? And I want to kind of put you into perspective here. Um, the last couple months, there's been a lot of transition uh, in my own life going on. Some of you I've talked to and what's, what's been going on, but I've, uh, got, I had a temporary job, okay? I had a temporary job for a year uh, as, a, as a resident, 
and I finished up my residency in the uh, earlier part of June, and now I was looking for a permanent job, right? Uh, in a pandemic uh, world, is kind of tough. So, uh, so that was that was tough starting off, anyways. But um, these last couple months, um, I've been you know sending out these applications and such, and and I've been in these interviews, and through this whole process. It, it, it's just been amazing because God's been revealing to me his character and, and really how he works. And so that's here's what I want to share with you tonight. Um, and we, I'm going to kind of uh, put this story together, also these, these interviews and such that I've been going through. But basically this season, um, I have... Uh, you know, looked at the areas, tried to see what jobs were open, um, and many of you all have been through interviews and such, so what do you do? You you get to your resume, and, and you hide all the things that you don't like, and you put on there the best things that you got. Uh, at the end of that, I was like, you know, I invented goldfish, and I saved a whale, and I don't know, like, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But you, but you kind of hide those things that you, you know, maybe not your finest, you know, points of life. But, but you really want to kind of boost them things up. That's like, oh, they, they want to see this. You're during that interview process. You're kind of like, you know, selling yourself. You got what do you got to offer? Type of thing to these, these job applications. And so you buff out that resume and 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 to to give you some advice if you're about to do an interview, some of the things that I did um, was I I prepared for those interviews. I tried to figure out who was going to be interviewing me. Um, I tried to you know prepare for questions. I said, oh this guy he's a he's a CEO or or this guy he's going to be my partner, so he's going to be asking me about what's my personality like or something like that. So I tried to prepare all these questions and such, getting ready for that interview. And then I knew at a point in that interview that at the end of it, they were going to ask me, hey, do you have any questions for us? And it always is a good part of the interview when the interviewer becomes the interviewee. And I begin to ask questions about them and saying, well, what's this job like? All right, what's your resume like? What's this place like to work at? Okay, so this this whole process, God has been kind of just in the back of my mind showing me the differences and showing me his character in this. So when I look at this this scripture, there's a few things that I want to point out here first, but this whole time I'm going to kind of point back to little processes of that, that interview this season that I've been through. This first part, so Jesus was traveling from Judea to Galilee, and he needed to stop in Samaria. Now, some of you all probably already know that the Jews and the Samaritans and those in Samaria, they didn't get along. Really, they had like a war going on, because if you know the backstory behind them, Samaria was, was like the northern part of Israel, and when the, I believe it was the Assyrians... They conquered them. They mingled with the pagans and such. And so they were basically evildoers and they were mingling with the pagans and such. And the, and the Jews just didn't have you know any part of them. They didn't want to, to mingle with them. They resisted them. That the Samaritans uh, had a form of godliness but denied the power thereof. So they really didn't uh, get along. So first off, um, when the Jews were resisting this people of Samaria, what I want to note first is that Jesus went to the unclean people. That 
when church people may reject and religious people may reject those who are unclean, my God says, I'm going to go visit them and I'm going to go search them out in love. Jesus, the scripture says, he needed to go through. He needed to stop in Samaria. I believe this. I believe that Jesus knew that that woman was going to be there at that well that day and that time. Now you can go and you can study because that was not the time of the day to go to the well. This woman was there at noon time. This was not a time to go there. She was an outcast even from her own people, her own unclean people. She was an outcast, but Jesus knew she was going to be there that day and he needed to go through Samaria. So Jesus shows up to this well and, and he's, he's there ready for this woman. He even sends out his disciples to go buy food in the city. So the first thing that I want to note this about the interviews, because when I was getting ready for my interviews, by no means did I ever want to show up after the one who was supposed to interview me. So if I said, oh, the interview's at 1 o'clock, I was there at 1230, all right? I wanted to be there first, because it doesn't look good when they're waiting around for you, and you come straggling in at 115 or something, and you're late to the interview. That doesn't work very well. But here, Jesus shows up first. Jesus is waiting on this woman to come. Here's what I want to preach on this. Isaiah 30, verse 8 says, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. Somebody in here testify the fact that the Lord waited on you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He doesn't, he, doesn't say, he doesn't just run from me and I've got to come running to him and go chase after him. But no, the Lord is waiting on you. The Lord is longing for you. The Lord loved you before you loved him. The Lord's forgiveness is before you even come into relationship with him. He already has these blessings. He's ready for you. He's waiting for you. Praise the Lord that our God waits on us. His mercy is great. Hallelujah. And I'm glad that the Lord waited on me. I'm glad that he didn't give up on me. Amen. Praise the Lord. But Jesus comes to this well and I know he, he, he knew that woman was coming that day. And he longed for her. He was waiting on her to come because he had something to say to her. Now, in their conversation, you know, it gets started, and Jesus asks, you know, they give me a drink, and, and, and they keep going on. He talks about the living water, and the woman, I want you to look at the woman's responses, because this is the exact same thing that I kind of did in my resume when I was getting ready for interviews. Notice that the woman, everything that she said, she didn't, like, she kind of hid a lot of the things. She said, yeah, I'm a Samaritan. She didn't bring up, you know, that it was an unclean people. She said, I didn't have a husband. She didn't say, well, I've had, I've had five in the past, and the one I'm with now is not my own. Uh, she didn't bring, so she kind of like, as much as she could, she kind of buffed out a resume, so to speak. All right? But here's the thing. Jesus was like, listen, I, I know your backstory. I know, I know where you stand. I know that you've had five husbands already and the one that you're with now ain't your husband. I know, but let me tell you, I'm still offering you this living water. Church, if I, I'll tell you what, um, I can't 
buff out my resume when I stand before God. I can't just boost up the times that I've been good or the times that I think that I've spoke well or sang well or think that I've done a good deed. My God sees me. My God knows me. That could be a question right there. What's on your resume if you ain't hiding anything or boosting anything up? But despite all that, that's not bad news. Despite all that, your God still longs for you. And your God still says, give me a drink and I'm going to give you living water that's going to spring up into everlasting life. I don't, it doesn't matter what you're on, what's on your resume. God still loves you and God still searches for you. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that my God didn't look at the things that were on my resume, the things that were ugly and, and, and I was ashamed of, but he still looked at me through gracious eyes, through loving eyes. And when I accepted Jesus and I give him a little bit of water, he gives me living water. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He said, give me a drink and I'll give you living water. Praise the Lord. You give me something that's finite, something that's temporary, and I'll give you something that's infinite. I'll give you everlasting life. Praise the Lord. Now here's, here's something, the last thing that I really want to point out in this story though. And I'm telling you, you could, you could teach this for, for weeks but something else that every interview, like I said, that I'd, I'd buff out that resume and stuff. I'd try to get it the best I could. But I always was kind of prepared for that ending point because I knew they were going to ask me what questions I had. And I would begin to answer things. So, in this story, if you read the Gospel of John, this is the first time that Jesus actually reveals that he is the Christ himself. John the Baptist mentioned it. His disciples claimed it. But the first time that Jesus claims that he is the Christ is to this Samaritan woman sitting by a well. So, in this situation where... The, where the Samaritan woman says, listen, uh, I, I think you're a prophet or something. Then she goes on saying, I know there's a Messiah coming. Jesus reveals himself to her and says, listen, I am he you speak of. That's me. So in this whole process that God was showing me his character through this and how he loves me despite what's on my resume, that I get to the end of this story and I realize that just like in that interview, that I begin to ask questions to them and they begin to talk, you know, tell me about them. Our God wants us to know about Him. God wants a relationship. God knows you and loves you despite all those things you've done. And God wants you to know Him. So I begin to, I begin to study out and try to come up if in my little mind if I can even fathom anything at all 
but I began to try to question what would God's resume look like. That if I stood before him and began to ask questions about his character and about his goodness, what would come up? And I think just as Jesus revealed to this woman that he was the Christ, I think everything in her just jumped. Because it even says that she left her water pot behind. She went back into the city to tell other people about the Christ. I've one, one description that I want to just uh, read to you a little bit about God's character and what would be on, on, on God's resume, so to speak, is in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 25 says to whom then will you liken me or to whom shall I be equal says the Holy One lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things who brings out their host by number he calls them all by name by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power not one is missing verse 28 have you not known have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have none. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint that's my God that's my God the creator of all the universe his understanding is unsearchable his power he gives power to the weak and those who have nothing he gives them strength he is faithful he is just he is the creator of all the universe Isaiah 66 1 says that the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool I'm just getting started about my God my voice ain't keeping up just yet but he's all powerful he's all knowing he is everywhere let me tell you some of the things that he has done one he's created everything he's also like that song we just sang he turns seas into highways come on now he takes a, a valley of dry bones and turns them into an army hallelujah hallelujah he makes manna fall from heaven he takes the sick and he heals them he takes the lost ones and he makes them found he leaves the 99 to come after the one that's my god i'm just getting started somebody stand with me let's worship the lord stand up let's worship him he's the god who heals the sick he's the god who raises the dead he's the god who sent his only son because he loved you he sent his only son to live a perfect life and in that death oh come on a lot can happen in three days come on a lot can happen in three days he conquered death hell in the grave and he's now risen oh come on now he's risen in power and he's not coming back in a lowly manger again he's coming on a white horse with fire in his eyes splitting the eastern sky come on now church he is the everlasting god hallelujah and let me testify some of the things that he's done for me 
Church, he's been my provider. Short testimony in a time that me and Courtney was married and we didn't have nothing, man. I went out to my car one morning, okay, and tried to start it and the battery was dead and we didn't have any money in our bank account. For some odd reason, a lady gave us some money who we didn't really know, gave us some money and it was exactly enough to buy a battery to put in my car. Time and time again, my God has been my provider. Time and time again, my God has been my healer. He is my protector. He is my deliverer. He is my strong tower. So when the winds get rough and times like these get really crazy, I can lean on my God. He is my strong tower. He is wise. He makes the smartest people in the world look foolish. His understanding is unsearchable. He is self-sufficient. He has no needs. He doesn't need you to give him a drink, but he wants a relationship with you. He says, give me a drink and I'll give you living water. Hallelujah. That's my God. Church, I don't think you're, I don't think you're, you're, you're celebrating with me who our God is. Come on. He is holy. He is glorious. The angels sit around and just sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Hallelujah. He is holy. He is glorious. He is good. Everything that he does is good. Hallelujah. He is love. He is love. He never changes. He always keeps his promises. He is the everlasting God, our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah. A God like that, my God, with a resume like that, looks down at me and wants to be in a relationship with me. some kind of love. Church, I don't know what's on your resume. It may have a lot of black marks on it. You may try to boost up the things that you've done good, but those things are just a candle to the sun compared to the goodness of God. Tonight, God is asking you, saying, give me a drink. What little you have, what temporary things you have, what finite life you have, God says, give that to me. And I'm going to pour out living water on you. There will be a fountain of water spring up in you. That's going to spring up into everlasting life. Praise the Lord. Know who your God is. Jesus, we cry out to you. Father, we give you what little water we have. We 
give you our praise. We give you our worship, God. You are glorious, Father. All power, all blessing, all glory, honor, God, goes to you. Father, begin to pour out your living water on us. And God, like a tidal wave, Lord, let your revival stir up in our hearts. God, let the wave begin to swell up. Let us realize who you are. Let us see the living water and what you can do, God. Oh, Lord. And let your church begin to roar. Let your church begin to rise up. Let your church begin to come like a tidal wave to those who are lost, to those who are sick. Do we go to the ends of the world? Lord, do we go to Samaria? Do we go to the unclean people? And we sit down and we talk with them. That we reach out to them in love. And then we begin to tell them and say, Listen, this is where the living water is. See the fountain that is stirred up in me. See the fountain that's springing up in my spirit. And let it be like a tidal wave to our community in this place, God.